0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. You got the best goalie in the world, and then you got guys like uh, Mark and Kyle Jamel that'll make plays like that. And but uh, I don't know. Why, why do you say that? We have a really good OT record or something? Probably because we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: have you learned? To- Was well, Gabe he strikes me as a guy that doesn't really pay attention to how the Jets do in overtime.
0: Jim Toth. What gave you that imperson- impression?
1: He just goes out there, plays hockey. He just plays the game the right way. Goes I heard on. that
0: quote, and then I was uh, thinking about it, and Kelly Moore, was I was doing the post game with him yesterday, and he was giving me the OT record. Of course, Kelly knows it, and I'm like, actually, I don't really know their OT record this year either. So, five and five now. Five and five in OT.
1: So not, like, spectacular. Three and five entering the... Entering the weekend on Friday.
0: Well, he was right because needed an assist on that game winning goal last night was Connor Hellebuck. Right down the middle comes Jersey and he makes a key save that then it goes the other way. The one Arizona guy after the shot was took, over. took the other one out and it's a three on one and yada, yada, yada. Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Gabe Lardy. Did
1: you know it was over, Jim Josh Toth? Morris,
0: he was an OT. Um. Once I saw the three on one, I thought so. But yeah. the, in three on three, like when a play develops like that, where one guy falls and takes one guy out, and it turns into a full sheet of ice, three on one, not just like at the blue line yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's the out of your seat spectacular save that keeps an overtime going, or yeah. it's going to get buried. And and I talked about this on the post game. I know it's you know Shifley to Morrissey, and Morrissey makes the pass, and Connor the one timer. But it's the time Connor Ingram was really good yesterday for the Arizona Coyotes. He was much like Connor Hellebuck. He's square, positioned, mm-hmm. moving solidly, and he'd come across partially. The timing, the placement of that pass from Morrissey, of course, is what helps Connor score that goal. But the timing of it, like the three on one, how many odd man rushes have we seen where the timing of the pass is a split second too late or he- too soon? It's just the timing for Morrissey was uh, uh, outstanding, and for the one-timer for Connor to beat him.
1: Three assists from Josh Morrissey yesterday. Mark Scheifele gets a goal, also gets three helpers. Gabe Velarde uh, continuing. Uh, He's got 10 points in five games, five goals over that stretch. Um,
0: Josh Morrissey has six assists in the last two games. He's got
1: nine assists in four games.
0: Nine assists in four, but six and two is better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. It's not I mean, bad.
0: The, nine, the, the, the nine and four, it'd be better if it was 12 because then it'd be three per game.
1: You know what? We got to get Josh on the Josh, show. I'm just like, get, can, you, yeah, can you get it together? Can you try um, a little harder? I got to fall on a sword here, Jim, because I said something two weeks ago. Can I just play the audio?
0: It's okay. I know you didn't mean it. You're, uh, well, I'll just play this. I'm not as large as you <laughs> said, and I'm working to get drop some. Here's
1: what I said a couple weeks ago I think the power play is where it is right now. I don't, I don't think it's going to improve. Did I say that?
0: Play that again. I didn't. Hold hear on you. a second. Let me play I that one more, th-
1: one more time. Let me just get it. Hold on. I think the power I play didn't... is where it is right now. I don't. I don't think it's
0: going to improve. I don't think I said that. Play it one more time. I couldn't. I pistol, couldn't make it
1: clear. Pistol Pete Skyler Peters here in CGOB reminded me of this.
0: Not Pistol Hollywood. Hollywood. Go ahead.
1: Hollywood Peters. Remember that take? He's like, and I just went. I didn't. I don't remember saying that. I think the power I play didn't... is where it is right now. I don't. I don't think it's going to improve. I don't remember saying that, but apparently I did. It's on tape. Check the tape. Check the game sheets. Check, um, check the
0: receipts. Kenny Weeb always tells people or tells me to tell people, check tell them to check the receipts. I think the power play
1: is yeah. where it is right now. I don't I don't think it's going to improve. So in my one for 33 at that point when I said it. Maybe I should have had a little bit more faith in the Winnipeg Jets cuz it's running at 50% Essentially, since I said that. It's dynamic um, right now. If I did say it, I don't know. It could be. I have a twin brother who sounds like me. My twin brother, Shane, kind of sounds like me. Shane. So it might have been him.
0: Shane might have. And you guys are twins, so Shane could be here right now, and I wouldn't know. (laughs) You're like the Sedins.
1: That's right, yeah. I still can't tell those two apart.
0: Uh, Power play looks really good, but actually it's interesting Sean Reynolds is coming on later because we were talking about this at the game on on Press Row yesterday. And just how like that's Wheeler's spot where Villardi is, right? Mm. And how he would feed Connor like like Villardi did this weekend, and Connor one times and gets it's a great goal on the power play, great, great pass. pass. But what Villardi does with those backhands on the goals he scores down low, first of all, one of the main reasons I said he has to be a key to any Dubois trade with the Kings is those hands. But he's in a, a bigger body, right? Like mm. I think he's he's not. Don't get me wrong, he doesn't have the hands of Kyle Connor, but it's it's close. And then you put him in that body and playing down low around the net. But it's the options, right? And then yeah. Sean made the great point. He goes, and Shifley's shooting from there now. So, I mean, to your credit, a month ago, Shifley would get the puck on the side there and he wouldn't shoot ever. Then they would put it down low and they would just try to make that pass. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't there, you could defend it. I remember when Wheeler was there, guys would lay on the ice to make sure that pass couldn't go through. Oh, yeah. Um, but it just, if you don't know if Mark's going to shoot or pass, if you don't know if Gabe's going to put it on net or make a pass, you, ha- you can only defend one of them. Mm -hmm. And then the player makes a decision. That's what I see is the biggest change. The speed of the puck movement on the Jets power play is the biggest thing. It was so slow for so long or not quick enough. But the second thing is, is when a pass is made, you now have to defend options wherever that pass goes. And it's integral to, I I believe in how the power plays. Well, you know, I I
1: think a big thing about it too, is Kyle Connor is getting himself open.
0: Yeah. I think he was finding himself
1: too much in between guys Passes going towards him are getting broken up. He's getting himself open now. I think that was a big part of why the power play wasn't working for so long. The fact that Mark Strifele wasn't making that shot also in there too. Um, and like Gabe Velarde in tight, uh, the guy's got a pair of mitts. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. Um, he's got but, some hands. But, but he is dynamic right there in front of the net. It's And, you know, the team missing That's... Sean Monahan yesterday in the bumper spot. He's out with illness. We'll see how things go. The Winnipeg Jets do have a day off tomorrow. Of course, the St. Today. Louis – Today. today, sorry, yeah. yeah, today. And the St. Louis Blues are here tomorrow, uh, which we have Jets tickets to give away for. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow's game against the St. Louis Blues, we got tickets today, and we got tickets tomorrow. We got one pair uh, that we're going to be giving away today. We'll give you the cue to call when that time is.
0: It's not now. It's not
1: now, but I will ask you to repeat something from earlier on in the show, so make sure you're listening and then we'll uh, we'll we'll give you that indication and we'll win a pair of tickets to go see the Jets can I trounce
0: something? the St. Louis Blues? We're not just giving away tickets. I, I we are yeah f- physically and it's awesome, but we're making a difference. Like you, our first guest wanted to take his bride, yeah, and he said, "I don't go because I don't fit in the seats. I'm a larger individual." Yeah, and we're like, you know what? Love doesn't see size. You know, I've Jim, told anyone I've ever dated, size doesn't matter. What love sees is love. And we made that couple love each other more by sending them. And you know he was grateful.
1: You know, Jim, I'm, I'm so happy you said that because I've been walking around patting myself on the back for just how great me and you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. I and, mean, I haven't, but and, you have. And you know, another thing is we're creating memories for people. Well, And that's what, and I was what say, is
0: a memory worth? It's priceless. The last gentleman we gave tickets to left work early. He started his long weekend harder. He was going to go harder. Yeah. I think he'd had a few already. I was assuming, yeah. And we got him to the game. Yeah.
1: So we I can, mean, we can,
0: we're giving away tickets, and we love it, and thanks to the Jets. Yeah. We can, we're also making a difference.
1: And we can, yeah, for sure. And we are going to be doing that again later today, and we're going to be doing it tomorrow. Um, the Winnipeg Jets, winners of six of their last seven. Where do you see their game right now, Jim? They struggled. Well, uh, they struggled in the back half against the Coyotes. The Coyotes outworked them. They just did. Yeah, they they were. They were. They actually played really well. The Coyotes.
0: So here's the thing: they're being outworked. They're not yeah. playing very good five on they five. They couldn't get the
1: puck over the red line. The it top just went line bam, defensively
0: right is really struggling, and all of that. Yeah. So the power plays coming to the forefront, having to win some games. The, the Chicago one, I thought Chicago outplayed played them, but they were on the road. All this. The one thing I'll say about this is. I think the foundations there they're still good. They're 6 and 1 in their last 7 despite not playing well and the yeah. power play carrying them. But I'm looking around the league, Cam and the Colorado's, the Dallases. the New York Rangers were on a heater for 10 games and then they lost to Columbus. I just it's late February early March. Teams that are going to the playoffs, this is they want to get there already now. Yeah. And it's just I think the the straight the fundamentals and and that is so. I'm not concerned at all. I'm not panicking. I I um I think that you know they need to play better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ignoring anything. They need to get back to their five on five play. But fi- good teams finding ways to win in other fashions is a good thing. And and they're not struggling like some of the other better teams are at this doldrum part of the season. So, but they do got to get it going. Uh, St. Louis is a big one. I don't I don't think you're going to play like you did against Arizona or Chicago. And and pull out a win. You have to have a little better all-round effort all-round effort than they did there. But Dallas is looming. That's a big one to me.
1: Yeah, no, that's coming up on Thursday in Dallas. So definitely Winnipeg Jets fans and uh, the people who cover them, like us, uh, have that game circled because that one. Um, you know, the Winnipeg Jets right now point back of Dallas, three games in hand. The Jets go out and win that game, four-point swing game in the Central Division. You, yeah. you 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 got control. You have The Jets will have complete control over the Central Division.
0: The biggest thing I took from yesterday's game that I wrote down was, oh, I got some stuff on Arizona, too, that are fascinating, but uh, they are now 15-3-1 in the Central. They've swept Minnesota so far, and they've swept the season series with Arizona. 15-3-1 in your own division is imperative those are all four point games yeah
1: and that's why the winnipeg jets are where they are let's take a break let's come back on the other side don't forget we got winnipeg jets tickets to give away to the february 27th game tomorrow against the st louis blues we have tickets to give away to that you just have to listen back to something
0: and lives to change that's right well improve improve for sure Not that it needs improving out there. It just makes it a little better with some Jets tickets from Cam and Jim.
1: I can't say in all good conscience, Jim, that it won't change that person's life. I won't say it will, but it could.
0: I will say in great conscience that it's not going to make anything worse.
1: Sean Reynolds will be joining us right after 12.30. Get his thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets. Do where they are pretty He'll,
0: shaky. He had pretty a, he, shady at and the a, game.
1: He had, a, he had a question for Rick Bonus. I wanted to get his some more expanded thoughts on what he thought about the answer uh, following the game uh, as well. Lots more to get to. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, well, they're sure excited about a guy that they signed. And uh, a former Bomber lands in another location. All that to come. Don't go anywhere.
0: Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome
1: back to the show. Text us 204-780-6868. Hi, Cam. Hi, Jim. This texture says. Do you know who will be in goal on Tuesday in Winnipeg against St. Louis? Is it going to be Hellebuck or do you roll him against Dallas? You want to keep Laurent Brassois on the shelf too long. He's been real well. He's been real good. They're
0: going to get real busy in March. I I don't know. I Hellebuck wants to play, right? Like if you're going to play Brassois just to play him, it would have been Chicago or Arizona. Yeah. I don't know. I I think he plays St. If there's a a, a chance Brisson plays this week, I think it's against St. Louis. But Hellebuck being Hellebuck, he might want to play St. Louis and go into Dallas that way. But he might have tomorrow off, then fly to Dallas and take on Dallas plays tonight. I just saw they're starting their backup Scott Wedgwood, which means Jake Ottinger will go tomorrow night versus Colorado. And then they come home to face the Jets on Thursday.
1: Carolina Hurricanes red hot on Saturday. The Winnipeg just
0: Alex says, hey, fellas, not sure I'd want to win the Central. The prize for that would be facing the Oilers or the Kings outside Chance Vegas. I'd rather face the Avalanche or Stars. Alex, you'd rather face the Avalanche or the Stars than the Kings or the Oilers? Sean Reynolds will be with us when, right That's when we come interesting, back. interesting, Alex. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thanks, Hollywood. Did you it's hear miserable? Cam's power play take? <laughs> Did I ever? Cam had to call the producers. I'm just going to say this off the airway. We all have a take that's wrong. Like I was, yeah. the Jets should have gone all in at the deadline last year. Look at how wrong I was. Look at them now. It's important you own up to your mistakes. Paul Rudd gif. Look at us now. Who would have thought? Look at us now, no, Cam. Us. Look at us. Uh, this is an interesting text. It uh, uh, says, I still think the Jets' attendance rules are a direct result of the location of the arena. It's just a hassle to go to. Haven't gone in years just for that reason. I got an email earlier today from a longtime listener, Ivan, who said, a friend contends Jets' smoking policy is turning off some fans, contributing to non-attendance. He says about 17% of the population are smokers who would like to grab a smoke I like to call it a dart, grab a dart between periods. But once they go outside, they can't get back in. They've alienated some have just say, screw this. I'm going to take your calls again today at 1.15 on the Jim Toth show on, on why you don't go to Jets games or if you will go again. Um, all reasons are welcome. I know there are a lot of reasons, um, and we'll let you vent then. I do not think you can run a pro organization based on a smoking policy or the location of the arena. Now, I think that's fair that... I mean, Ross Levitan, who does the Senators podcast, had a great line the other day. He said, the team's never leaving Ottawa. Uh, the only place they'll actually go is to Ottawa. And I thought that was a great line yeah. because of where the arena is in Ottawa. But I will the, the I appreciate the opinions, and we'll take more of yours on the Jim Toll Show at 1.15 today. We'll have open phones on your thoughts on the Jets and tickets and everything.
2: Rick, your team uh, has won vast majority of its games this year based on good systematic play and it's also a team that has the capability for Helly to steal some games or for your skill to win games is there a concern that maybe as of late you've relied a little more on the latter two than than you have been on the system at times we, we were fine in chicago the other night we didn't give up much um yeah there's there's a little bit of that so we we've got it we can tighten it up we, when our structure breaks down and we'd like the other teams are coming at us. But listen, we're, we're the, we have the best winning percentage in the in the Western Conference. So the little tweaks that we need to stay on top of, we'll stay on top of. Yeah, we're I, doing I, pretty good. I guess that, just to go a little bit deeper into yeah. that, you staying on top of it, like, does is that something that you have to be concerned with? Is it something I'm that you not have concerned to guard about? Against? It do we have to stay on top of it? Yes, it's going to happen. You play 82 games. Every game is not a Picasso. It's not. And when you see little things creeping in, we address it. So we'll stay on top of it.
1: Well, the person asking that question to head coach Rick Bonus is joining us now. Sean Reynolds, a Sportsnet host and reporter, right here on Jets and Hey, Sean, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, guys. How are you?
1: Doing fantastic. How, how did you feel about the answer that you got there from Rick Bonus?
2: I think it's a good answer. Like, I think he acknowledged the idea that, it, listen, it, every time a team does what the Winnipeg Jets are doing, when six of their last seven games, there's going to be a good chunk of people who just tune it out and say they're winning, leave it alone, everything's fine. That's good, right? Yeah. I, I think what we know from the Jets over years past is, like, what we've seen from them, you know, they've played two teams that have combined for one win now between each of them in each of their last 12 games and they go to overtime against them. I think we know enough to know. I sat with Jim last night, and you're looking at that game, and you're thinking, like, this is not a great game for the Winnipeg Jets. They're allowing a team that's basically broken in the Arizona Coyotes to come in here and really kind of push them to the edge. So the, the Jets are a team that is not, they're not trying to squeak in over the playoff line. They're not, you know, playing out the string of the year. They're a team that thinks they can win a Stanley cup. And so in order to do that, you have to make sure that you're building the right habits, all those kind of things. And, and I think the Jets are concerned with that. Now his answer is saying you can't do it 82 games a year. I agree with that a hundred percent. And, and the Jets, Can't keep playing like they were in late November and December. You can't string that together for 82 straight games a year. It's too hard. There's too much effort put into that. The concern I have when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets is in years past, they've been that team when they take the foot off the gas pedal they haven't been able to find it again. So what I hear in his answer there is a recognition that, listen, we are not playing our best hockey. There's things that we need to do. I recognize that, but I'm not alarmed because I know we're not far off it and I'm confident the team can get back onto it. But I think last year, He was surprised that when the Jets took the foot off the gas pedal, they couldn't find it again. He was like, what's happening here? I think this year he knows his team better, and he knows how to stay on top of it better. So I thought it was a really good answer. He didn't duck the question. He didn't duck the idea that even though the Jets are winning, they're probably not playing the brand of hockey they need to play over the long haul. But the fact that he's confident in his team and he thinks he knows how to get them back to that is a good sign, I think, for Jets fans.
0: Sean, do you think, and it was great sitting beside you, by the way, it looked like I was looking in a mirror 30 years ago. So hold on <laughs> hold on to that youth, my man, even though we're almost the same age. Um, uh, do you think the Jets are misusing Nick Ehlers at all?
2: Oh boy! So that's a tough question because I think that the best line that we've seen from the Jets this year is is when Velarde and Ehlers and Mark Sifry got together, uh, and I know that Velarde really really liked playing with him, uh, and I know that I've said in the past I think Kyle Connor is the kind of player that. He would maybe almost benefit from taking him and putting him on the line and saying, okay, you don't have Mark Shifley anymore. We still think you're one of the best goal scorers in the league. You go make this line special. I think we saw a little bit of that last year when him and pierre Dubois paired up and were a really solid line for a while there. I thought pierre Dubois changed the way Kyle played, made him a better player. And I think Kyle Connor changed the way pierre Dubois played and made him a better player. So I'd love to see something like that with Sean Monaghan. So, I, I guess that would be the case, but th- there's something going on with Nick Eilers in the way that the Winnipeg Jets utilize him that is a disconnect from I think what the media sees and what the fans sees. But it's too consistent over two coaches and so many years that there's not something going on there that isn't readily said out mm-hmm. there by the team in how they utilize him. So and, and until I know what that is. I don't know that I can say, listen, they should be using it this way because maybe they know something that I don't know. But what I will say is from what I've seen, from how I look at the game, it feels to me that there's more juice in the orange that is Nick Ealers to be squeezed out.
1: Yeah, Sean, it's, you know, and, and I was talking to Kelly Moore about this, uh, well, two weeks ago, um, you know, coaches don't make decisions to lose games. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. There must be something else going on. Um, because the analytics suggest this. Sometimes the eye test, I mean, you know, Ehlers is prone to the, the turnovers, you know, playing away from from his other forwards and stuff like that. But it, it does seem that there might be something else there.
2: Yeah, and for a while, the answer was that they thought that flipping those lines in that way would put Cole Perfetti in a spot where they didn't think he could succeed. And clearly, Cole Perfetti now bumping down to the fourth line is something that the coaching staff is concerned with and they feel they're not getting what they needed to get from him on the second line. So that's part of it as well. Again, it's so easy for us. Uh, Listen, I remember you guys all remember Mitch Peacock, uh, a great sports broadcaster. I used to work with him. And before I was covering sports, you know, and I had the luxury of being, you know, fans who just get really excited about something and demand something And I remember at one time talking about a coach needing to be fired and Mitch responded and said, okay, we just fired him. Who do you replace him with? Like you don't just get to say he should be here and then not solve the problem that comes with it. So I would say this about the coaching staff. They've got all these, they need to think of the ramifications of moving him here, what that does to the next line and what it does to the next line and how it affects this player and that player, you know, fans typically, are just saying, I want to see this guy here. And it's like, okay, well, you put him there. Now this is the fallout. How do you deal with that? Well, I don't care about that. Just this guy should be there, right? So the coaches are thinking, uh, you know, 3D Chinese checkers, all that kind of stuff. They have to think of a lot of things that we don't. And it seems to be the case here. But I will also say this, gentlemen, I still don't think we've heard in Paul Maurice's time or now in Rick Bonus's time a really good, thorough explanation of why Nick Elias doesn't seem to get the ice time it looks like he's earned in the past.
0: Fair enough. And I remember Mitch Peacock saying the same thing to me as well about <laughs> who you replace him <laughs> and how and when and what can they bring in. In-season is really, really tough unless something's going disastrously wrong. Um, yeah. When do you think Loren Bersouin plays next?
2: I don't know. It, it should it should be soon. Uh, if I'm looking at the schedule
0: here. Um, like, and we were wondering about, say, I was a little surprised he didn't play yesterday. And I thought, you know, Connor Hellebuck, I think going into a Dallas game would want to play Tuesday and, and get a game. And I don't think he'd want to go four games with that one. But then I don't know. But I know it's going to get real busy. Is there a chance that Connor Hellebuck sort of does Tuesday and Thursday this week?
2: I don't think so. I think they'll get Lauren Brassois in there just because they don't want him sitting that long. But the point that you bring up about, you know, Connor Hellebuck now playing back-to-back games against, you know, two teams that are completely and totally struggling right now. I know Lauren Brassois would like to play more, but what a vote of confidence from your head coach that he doesn't approach putting Lauren Brassois in as getting his game out of the way against a struggling opponent, right? Like most other coaches would be like, okay, we're playing the Coyotes. They haven't won an 11 game. Get the backup in there, right? The Jets don't do that. And the reason they don't do that is because they have full confidence in Lauren Bersois that they can put him in against any team that the Jets are playing at any time. So now the the playoffs are going to come and he's going to have a seat and Hellebuck is going to do his thing. But I just think that this is a fascinating season for Lauren Bersois because he comes in After winning a cup, he comes in after knocking off the Jets and out-dueling the guy that he's now behind. I think he came here thinking that he was going to end up being the starting goaltender. That didn't happen. I'm fascinated by his season, how well he's handled this, and the idea that he'd be a goaltender who knows that his team has the kind of faith in him that they'll throw him into any game. But also knows that he's playing behind one of the best, if not the best, goal tenders in the NHL, and he just—it doesn't change. No matter how good he plays, no matter how many good teams he beats, nothing changes. He's still playing second fiddle to Connor Hellebuck, and the decisions are all going to be based around keeping Connor Hellebuck in the best space, and he's just got to be there to pick up the scraps.
1: Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet host and reporter, joining us here on Jets at Noon. Uh, Sean, really appreciate the insight. Uh, great stuff, and uh, yeah, talk soon.
2: And yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Good to watch the game with you, Jim. And hey, that's that's one heck of a compliment. I-, I felt like I was looking into a mirror last night. So, yeah,
0: a mirror uh, twenty years into the future. <laughs> no, no gray no there. Not there. Do no, it, it all. was it was not great. Do it, all. it was great. I don't get down to many games, and it was great to just sit in press row and, and catch up with you and just talk the game with you and talk the Jets too. And and it was good to see you. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's my favorite thing to do. Talk to you later, guys. All right. Great stuff from, from Sean. Rodgers. Mine too. Like when we go to games, uh, I got to get there more often. I just, well, we all say that and we all man. have, you know, busy lives. I, this goes to the season tickets. Like I went yesterday, like I'm doing broadcast this year. I love doing them. Yeah. I wish I could do more. And I'm, I'm usually my whole life covering the game or not. I'm in that press box for home games, the conversations you have, the people you see from visiting teams, um, the ex-players and stuff like that, I gain so much insight from just those conversations and sitting there like I did with Sean yesterday. Yeah. But like that season ticket holder said in the Chris Johnston, I have a 9- and 11-year-old playing minor hockey, and I get that. I have an 11- and a 3-year-old. And trying to get to a game, even for a 7 o'clock start, is tough, right? Mm-hmm. And for the season ticket holder in that article, I can't imagine telling your 9- or your 11-year-old that, sorry, I can't make your game tonight, or, you, or I can't take you to practice. I got. I'm going to the Jets game. Yeah. I think that's a lost part of this whole discussion with tickets is, yes, they need some season ticket holders to come back. They need more so than ever, I think, the corporate support. I think this is really what this is about. They need some corporations to, to step up way more than the tune that they've ever had, not put so much pressure on season ticket holders. But I also think they need to find that new season ticket holder that 11 years ago, that guy had a baby on the way or maybe didn't. And there's a lot of disposable income. There was a lot of time left over. You and I are prime examples. It, three years ago, four years ago, I went to most home games. And I just, it's its hard to sort of, you know, get home, yeah. have dinner, get the three-year-old tubbied well, and everything else and get to a game. Well, yeah, when I was in. But I'm older yeah. now. I get that. I think they need the corporations. This is, they need the big tickets to come in and go, I'll buy a row. I'm going to give them to my employees or I'm going to give them to a charity or whatever and support this team. But I also think they need to find that new season ticket holder that has a baby on the way and still has some dispose. Now a baby on the way isn't disposable income. That's going to cost you a fortune. Trust me. But you know what I'm saying? Like 12 years ago, He's got an eleven and nine year old. He's got money to buy a season ticket.
1: When I was a single guy living in Calgary, you know how many Flames games I watched from the press box. I was there. I, I had to, I had to work until ten thirty because I did the afternoons and evenings. But if it was on a if it was a, a Saturday Sunday night game,
0: my first six months I lived in the city. Every
1: home game that the Flames were playing, I was in the press box. I moved here one.
0: January third. My six first six months in the city. The only friends I had were the ushers at Moose games. On the way to the press box. Because yeah. that's what I did, right? That's yeah. what I, I had more than enough time to do. First and foremost, they need some corporations to put some money into the tickets. And then they need to, I think, find... Like that that guy, that season ticket holder that did it for years. I also heard from some retirees who said, I did it for 10 years. But I'm retired now and we're gone two weeks out of every month. Yeah, Either to go visit grandkids in a different province or do something... Yeah. They need those flexible packages for those people. But those are the people, Cam, I honestly feel, you did your time. You don't dislike the Jets anymore. You're not, and and there's a lot of people upset with the customer service. Chipman's addressed that and and acknowledges that. But there's a lot of people who gave 10 years, 11 years, and their lives have changed. There has to be some corporations, and then there has to be that new 25 to 30-year-old I can't afford half a season but I can do a quarter. I can't afford a full season, I can do a half.
1: I think it's going to take a year or two for the Jets to get to that 13,500 mark, but they're going to get to it. They're going to get to it. And it's that, not going to happen, it's not going to happen the upcoming season, I don't think, but they're going to get closer. The next year, I don't think they're going to hit that number, but it's going to get closer. And then it's uh it's all going to work out. My, hey, we got to get we got to give away yeah. these Winnipeg Jets tickets hey. uh coming up against the St. Louis Blues. Here's the question. Call now, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. What is the Winnipeg Jets record against the Central Division? Jim Toth said it earlier on in the show. Call now and win yourself a pair of Jets tickets as they take on the I St. Like Louis they Blues had to be listening. tomorrow. And, and, of course, to you. They had to be well, listening to Jim most
0: people, so they had to be paying attention. We'll
1: be right back. Jets at noon on 6 8 CJOB. Oh, wow. Who would we give those tickets away to, uh, Jeffrey Forche? Does this song indicate anything?
0: I think it does. It Who knew the Jets were 15 3 and 1 in the Central Division this year? That would be Darren Sandberg. The Sandman. The Sandman. The Sandman. Darren, how are we going to make yeah. your life better?
1: Well, we're gonna get we gave you Jets right. tickets. There yeah. you go. We'll have another pair to give away it's uh, not gonna tomorrow. get worse. Jim Toth can continue the conversation surrounding um the, the the Jets and tickets and all that. And I think it's a two-pronged situation here. I think it's 50-50. And I the fan base definitely needs to support this team. But I think the Winnipeg Jets and True North, I think they 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 struggled um to support the season ticket base that they had at the time. And um, customer service. I mean, this is a thing we hear about all the time, and that's, that's really hurt them. And so I think, well, yeah, it's, you know, the fans, they got to support the team. There's no doubt about it. But the organization has to support its season ticket base and has to support them as well. And I think the Winnipeg Jets understand that, and I, I expect things to be much better moving forward. Well,
0: we had uh, two season ticket holders, one of them, Mike, who's always yeah. vocal and, and shares his thoughts. We appreciate it. Said they they're doing really good this year compared to years past. And Mark yeah. said that. We were a service industry, and we need to be better at that and customer service. And I agree with that. I I, I think that's what I keep hearing over and over again.
1: Give them a second chance. But at the end come of the on, day, baby. people, the and I
0: think corporations, as Richard Cloutier said this morning, I was there in 2011. The deal was 13,000 for this team to come here. There are other cities. There are other bar, And I'm not saying they're moving at all. I'm not referencing that. But at the time when they came here, that was the deal, 13,000.
1: Jim told to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, dear Forte, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on
2: 680 cjob